0: Hello and welcome to Please Watch This, a weekly podcast where two film-loving mates with gaps in their viewing history recommend films to one another so they can once and for all answer the question, who has better taste? I'm Sam Blakely, as always I'm joined by Hugh Dempsey. Well hello Hugh. there, Sam. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, how's it going there, yeah. uh, Down to <laughs> Yeah, it's good, how are you? Very well, I'm joined here live in situ by brother, number one fan, Joe Blakely. Oh, you betcha, <laughs> Joe! Have you had a very fun months and months since we last showed you on? Yeah, it's
1: been a while, hasn't it? Um, office space, office space, which was what December, something like that. Yeah, something beginning of that. December, twenty <laughs> or something, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah So uh, I suppose I should say Happy New Year. Happy New and Year to you too. Very <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Happy Android birthday back in birth. January. <laughs> yeah. and the same to you, Hugh. Oh, thank uh, yeah. you. <clears throat> yeah, it's been good uh, watching a lot of films. Um mainly Fargo.
0: Fargo. Um so yeah. <laughs> so apologies <laughs> to listeners, we are gonna be doing that a lot. <laughs> yeah, you're just gonna Oh yeah. It's gonna happen. You've just gotta
2: live with it. If you have you, you betcha. You know, if you've seen the film, you know that you'll have done it at least for a good hour to two hours after you watch you the betcha. film yourself in real life. So yeah. Yeah, we're just we're gonna roll with it, we're gonna let it wash over us until until we're over it
0: yeah and, and that'll be well about 90 minutes sort of top yeah 90 minutes of uh, recording time so we've got Joe back on um, Joe's our biggest fan and he's uh, he's a big fan of Fargo um, we're gonna get straight into today's film so Hugh had never seen Fargo before uh, Joe's a big fan I'm a big fan and we're gonna talking to a balloon in the face. Hugh, is there any particular reason why you hadn't seen it before? So, it was a
2: film that I just never managed to watch when I was growing up or anything. It came out in 96 when I was like 8 years old. So by the time I would have become aware of it maybe a teenager. Um, And then it just never you know, we've mentioned it before that a lot of these films were played on Film 4 when we were kids uh, or teenagers. Mm. And it just was never on Film 4. And It probably was, but I never watched it. Um, and then I became kind of culturally aware of it, and obviously by the time I had the idea to make this podcast, I was like, do you know what, I'm going to stay o- stay away from it. Uh, so that was another 18 months,
0: pretty much. This show has definitely dictated what we can and can't watch. <laughs>
2: yeah, definitely. I feel comfortable
0: going to the cinema, but not watching, you know, training day. Classic films. <laughs> yeah, things out to have scene. Um, so we're going to we're gonna start with our guest good old Joe Blakely, suspiciously named um, <laughs> Joe I think you'd seen this film before I did I think I was relatively late to it and you're a big fan <coughs> yeah. you talk to us not so much about the in fact all? let's start with the plot and then we'll get into why we love it so much so do you want to take the lead on the plot what is the plot of this film we are going to be spoilerific listener if you haven't seen it then what are you doing here
1: well, I'll tell you the first bit of the plot. Yeah. second bit gets a bit complicated.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, just give us the premise of it, and we can work from there. Well, it
1: starts out with the guy, Jerry Lundegaard, played by William H. Macy. Um, he meets up with these two guys, the sort of hitmen, gangster-type guys. He's arranged for them to kidnap his wife. Um, basically, the deal is he gives them a car, and... Um, He's going to arrange for his wife to get kidnapped and get his father-in-law to pay the ransom. He's going to split it with the
2: with the kidnappers. Um, why does he, Joe, why does he want the kidnappers to kidnap his wife? What's the specific reason?
1: Um, well, we, you don't really know. He's, he's in some sort of financial trouble, but you never really find out what kind of trouble he's in. Mm. Yeah, um, it's del-
0: deliciously unspe- unspecific.
1: Yeah, and then it's it all seems to be going well until... Um, the kidnappers uh, that, you know, <clears throat> they've kidnapped the wife and they get pulled over by the cops because he's um, got to change tags. the tags. Yeah, yeah. deal tags.
2: Um, what are tags, by the way? Is it just number plates? I, I think was the, it was something. Yeah,
0: because they've got it from a dealership, haven't they? So he's given them a car from his, so he works at Carl car dealership. Yeah. He's given them that and they've not got the proper license plates on. DLR. Yeah.
1: So Carl, uh, played by Steve Buscemi, brilliantly, can says he can handle this and then um, <laughs> Peter Stormare's character uh, is it called Geyer?
0: Gaya, Yeah, Gear, Gear
1: He's Yeah, he shoots the cop and then he shoots two of uh, the witnesses yeah. passes by. Brutal. Um, all goes horribly wrong. They want all of the ransom and um, and the... meanwhile Jerry's trying to call off the the kidnapping because he's got, yeah, he's he, he, he
0: might be getting the money anyway. It goes to shit, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it goes to shit. <laughs> it's a classic
1: Coen Brothers trope of loser type gets way over his head, yeah. Something.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah. You know. yeah, so I mean, you do love this film. I think you mentioned it, you know, you described it to me in the week as your favorite film by your favorite directors. Yeah, that's right. Do you want to talk to us about what is it that you love about this film?
1: I mean, the the Coen brothers are my favourite filmmakers in the world and this is my favourite film by them Um, there's some that maybe come close to that but Fargo is yeah. Fargo has always been my number one I've got quite a a strange relationship with this film it's one of those films where um, I watched it when I was very young maybe 12 or 13 um, and it was on late night channel 4 um, the uh, you know, Friends had been on. The Ali G Show had just finished. Um, TFI Friday was a distant memory. And mm. <clears throat> the TV's trying to tell a person my age,
0: go to bed. Yeah. You're yeah. A trash is just around the corner. Yeah. <clears throat> All the fun stuff's finished. Here's a
1: film for the adults. And I just didn't turn the t- TV off and watch this film and was engrossed from start to finish.
0: Did you hear um, that, Mum? Negligent.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was, <yeah>. and I, <laughs>
2: absolutely. Do you think our parents knew we were looking at the boobs in
0: your attraction? Yeah. I
1: mean, they give us, t- they put TVs in our bedrooms. What are they mean, expecting? Yeah, it's their own fault. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just, I loved the film. It was engrossed from start to finish. I didn't, I, I remember not going for a toilet break even during the advert, so I didn't want to watch, miss a second of it. And I remember thinking about it for the next few days at school. And it's one of those films you can't really mention it at school because it's like, uh, I don't know. It's odd you see that film Fargo last night. Oh, what's <laughs> it about? You know, try and describe it. <laughs> yeah, what's um, it about? You can't yeah. really tell, talk to your parents about it because like, what what were you doing up at that time? <laughs> um, and then totally forgot about the film. And then years later, I must have been about 21, I was <clears throat> student living in a student house. And we used to have movie nights and uh, one day someone put this film on and about 20 minutes in I thought, oh my God, that's that film that I love. That you Guilty know, Secret that? of yours. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I've seen it three dozen times since then. I just absolutely love this and
0: film. A few times this week as well
2: in the yeah, nostalgic so. preparation. What about you, Sam? What do you like about this film?
0: I think what I really like is the sort of... there's, a, there's a, I mean, it really comes down to what I think you might like and that is the blend... Of this sort of big, serious drama or thrillery murdery stuff, and the completely parochial you know completely rural you know the backdrop of it, and I think one of the reasons why you might like it is because I know that you like the guard. <clears throat> And the great thing about the guard is the blend of the FBI and the parochial island, uh, you know, sort of funny characters and silly accents and all that sort of stuff. Not that, you know, Irish have silly accents, but they've got silly accents in the guard. (laughs) Oh, they've got silly accents out (laughs) in the Wish of (laughs) Ireland. And I just... I just—it's just this this world that's teeming with life that you could maybe make a, a, you know, a four season TV show about instead of just being a ninety minute film. All the characters are just so unique. You know, you've got Francis McDormand who's, um, just, I think. I don't know if I saw this as a genuine fact, but basically, from my experience, it's true. It was something like it's the only time you see a pregnant woman in a film where she doesn't have a child by the end of the film. (laughs) She's just pregnant at the start, she's just pregnant at the end, and it's only relevant because it just adds to her character... It's her relationship with her husband is really funny and sweet, and you know she's working at three a.m. To, to to deal with a triple homicide, and he wakes up with her and says, "Oh yeah, I'll make us some breakfast. You need some eggs." We uh, get yeah, up. this beautiful relationship. Part of the backstory was that um, supposedly they would met while they were on the force, and they realized that they can't both do it. So he decided, "Well, you're the better cop, so you should stay the cop, and I'll I'll, I'll be a painter instead." And it's one of those
1: towns where you think it's probably um, there's not many. Murders that happen. Yeah, it's you know? probably usually dealing with uh, small town crime. And yeah, commit. she's
0: just there, like, oh yeah, I imagine that this has happened, <laughs> and then this and this, uh, and it's just really beautiful. And she's a very strong character, and it's just teeming with life. It's like a couple of weeks ago we talked about Butch Custody and the Sundance Kid, and there's a character in that when they go to Bolivia who, uh, you know, he helps with the, he gives them a job basically when they go in straight in Bolivia, and he's just got this whole world, this whole life that you don't see on screen and you just believe that he has been there for ten years and so on. Um, and just every character in this, you just you would happily watch, you know at least an Alan Bennett-style talking head <laughs> ten minutes about them. They're not, none of them are Well, I was out characters. in the
2: Midwest, yeah, and I said to Mother, I said, oh, it's cold out here. I said, well, when do you expect when you're in Minnesota? You've come all the way from Leeds in that jacket. I'll knit you a cardigan."
0: Yeah, I can imagine it. Yeah, uh, there's just this life behind it.
1: Yeah, that's the that's great yeah. thing about Coen Brothers films. There's a... Uh, the characters, even if even the small characters, even if they're in there for one or two scenes, like the prostitutes, you're, you're or remember, yeah, like the prostitutes, the, the witness
2: to the to the, uh, the yeah, uh,
1: or like in yeah. um, Big Lebowski, there's the Jesus, yeah. <laughs> easily the most meme. Don't,
2: don't ruin the Big Lebowski. I've not seen oh that future episodes. Well, yeah,
1: easily the most memeable character in the film, the Jesus. He's only in two scenes.
0: right really, or like
1: uh, yeah, or Oh Brother Where out though, There's the blind. Senior, yeah, the, there's so many. Small characters in these films, and, yeah. and it's a real—you get a
0: sense it's a real lived-in world. And that's partly writing, hmm. it's partly casting, it's costume. There's, you know, there's so many great decisions that go into making these people, yeah, lived in. And, and I do think that's the that's the major part of it. Isn't it?
1: And I think the with the Coens, especially, um, <clears throat> the real auteurs in in the sense that every I think every shot and every line is deliberate, Mm. and it's planned out specifically.
0: And it really helps when they're working with Roger Deakins. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) definitely. So Roger Deakins, double uh, Oscar winning uh, cinematographer, you know. Okay,
2: so I'll ask you in order. Sam, why would you recommend this film to me? And Joe, the same question, after Sam's answered.
0: So I think that's the key one, really, is that I, I know that you like The card, and I think that what you do like is that blend of the parochial and the you know the city dwelling sort of, sort of thing as well and I, and i think you'll find it funny i do i do think that uh yeah joe um
1: yeah i think you'd uh i think you'll like it mainly because you like good cinema mm. i mean it's uh mm. it's, it's it's yeah it's it's just a, a beautiful film great really well shot great dialogue really well scripted and edited and
0: um, it's quite some funny moments. I think um, also to add to that, we watched it again. We're, we're watching it again together, and one thing that's come up in a lot of the last sort of five or ten episodes is uh, a film um, tells you how to watch it. Yeah, in the first few yeah. scenes, and do yeah. you notice that? Do you want to tell us about that, Joe?
1: Yeah, the first couple of scenes is uh, it really introduces you to how um, to Jerry's character and how he's not respected by anybody in his life. <laughs> introduces you to, uh, I mean, it's it's only. Maybe a third away, third of the way into the film, you get introduced to Marge. Yeah. So yeah, the first third of the film, it's it's all about Jerry and how he's looked down on by everyone in his life. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Okay. It's got a good irony. It's got a genre bending sort of sensibility to it, and I think there's a yeah, there's a lot to be said for it. Um, okay. Um, so what do you think I might not like about the film? Well, it's funny because I, I tried to rewatch it a few months ago with. Uh, you know, my fiance Nicola and uh she we both got Phoenix. bored. it's funny, we just sort of turned it off after about twenty minutes. And it's really odd. We 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 both enjoyed watching it a couple of years ago. We we watched the first two seasons of the T V show, which is also really, really good. And uh yeah, we tried to rewatch it and we just got both a bit bored. And when I rewatched it again yesterday I didn't get that same sense of boredom, but she did. So you might err on that side. Oh, I don't know if air is the right word, but you might you might fall on that side. Really, maybe it's quite slow or something like that. I mean, I don't know, Joe. Okay. Can you think of anything you might not like?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, I've not. I've never really watched anyone watched it with anyone
0: that found it boring. Yeah. Um, maybe the mismatch in tone. There are tunnel. It's sort of funny, but then immediately there's some brutal deaths. Possibly.
1: Um, yeah. The, <clears throat> there might be some. Couple of scenes that seem a little incongruous, a little inconsistent with the the main story, um, but when you think about it for more than a minute, they're actually quite important scenes. Yeah, um, I think the th- the last, the final act um, might drag a little bit for some people. For me, it's it's engrossing from start to finish. But I don't know. It's it's tough to yeah really think about why
0: you might not like it. We'll uh, find out. Yeah,
1: but it's difficult to predict what he was going to think about. So.
0: <laughs> we found that in the past. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, join us after the break. We're going to find out Hugh's views. Hugh's views. <laughs> welcome back to Please Watch This. We are now ready for Hugh's views. Hugh, what did you like about the classic
2: 1996 film Fargo? So what did I like? Um, first of all, I just want to give a shout out to the Gulf Stream yeah? <laughs> Because um, in, after watching this film, or whilst watching this film, I was like, oh, that place looks absolutely yeah. horrific to live, live in. No it's so cold, so... No, and I was like, "Oh, it must be further north than we
0: are here in Yorkshire."
2: And I looked at it, and it's practically tropical <laughs> in terms of latitude. Lower down the, you know, so a, to the equator
0: than we are. Is that? Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> so you know, big shout out to my main man uh, Gulfstream, <laughs> keeping us, uh, g- keeping us warm. You know, let's hope uh, that keeps operating cause, yeah, every uh, winter I do not like the snow. I
0: think, well, I'm, I'm going to move to Spain <laughs> or LA or something because this is getting mental. Yeah. So yeah, I agree.
1: Not sure about your science there, but, well, <laughs> but I, don't know, I don't know enough about meteorology to so,
2: <laughs> dispute it. Well, let me tell yeah. you, Jim.
0: <laughs> so that aside, yeah, um, film-wise.
2: But yeah, it's just funny because they have this kind of almost Arctic lifestyle for like a couple of months of the year that we just, it's kind of foreign to us, but yeah. You know, the further south. Anyway, that's what did you, you think know, of the film <laughs> to do with climate? What about all those you know, the yeah, bits what's...
0: that were on the film cells? Going through the reel? Yeah. Um I just want to state, first
2: of all, this film's brilliant. Oh and I think let's High five let, I don't want to keep it. you in suspense any longer. Oh. It is it's so funny. That
0: is such a relief. Yeah. Odyssey.
2: Oh I mean, like you all the things you said, it's that juxtaposition and intermeshing of your folksy parochial you know day to day sort of you know lived experience of the world because you know, I'm we're actually not pumping from the air the right world. now I'm
0: so happy with that <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah we don't you know it, there is they they do mock the accent and the kind of the characters <laughs> but but it doesn't matter where you're from. There's there's parts of, you know, it might be where you're from or it might be up the road from you or, the, you know, not far away. There are parts of the world that are just like that yeah. where these things just don't happen. But when they do, they don't happen in a, you know, uh, an NCIS sort of CSI, <laughs> do, do, you know, and then the killer went to the gas station. <laughs> do, do, it's like, you know, there's a man who's, world's falling apart and he's having to smile at the uh, woman who's asked him at, his, at the restaurant he's eating at if he enjoyed his meal <laughs> and he's having to put that face on of, yeah. Uh, yeah, did you enjoy your meal? Yeah, it's very nice, thanks. Yeah, it's, that's the world we live in. That's I and mean, it might be a, it's a bit hyper-real of where they're from. You know, the, you know, they. They've clearly picked people and over-exaggerated this folksy, kind of friendly attitude, and they, you know, they picked people with massive smiles. <laughs> I noticed a lot of people had amazing smiles in them. So that's, they they contrast brilliantly with the two villains of the piece who are, you know, one's practically a so, one's a sociopath oh, or a psychopath yeah, yeah. and the other one's just a real <laughs> horrible guy. Yeah, a scuzzball.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. the, the Coens are from Minnesota and they, do, they say they People are really like that. Yeah, they're just so nice.
0: How did he describe? Uh, was it Joel? How did he describe um, Minnesota? He said it, it was I something like Siberia.
1: You know, it's like Siberia with family restaurants Mom and pop yeah. restaurants. <laughs> yeah.
2: It, it, again, it, it does seem like that in this film. Um, it's yeah. So I, I really liked that aspect of it, and it's it's so funny, isn't it? It's yeah. just. <clears throat> There's just you're just not expecting it to be as funny as as it is. I mean, like you said, in the first you know, a great thing is the first scene. He's like, Oh Shep said you were gonna be here at seven thirty, it's eight thirty, we're waiting an hour <laughs> yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah. And he's like angry. And he's like, I'm not gonna debate you, Jerry <laughs> 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 this, isn't, this isn't a debate. <laughs> no, I mean this is this is so reductive, but is this a comedy? I think I would class it as a black comedy. Right. Yeah, that's that's a good uh, appraisal, yeah. It's <clears throat>
1: um Yes.
2: Or is it a moral. Sorry, Joe. Is it like a. Is it a moral play with comedy in it?
0: This is what we were talking about last you know, time, wasn't it... it? Like, if it's a really good film, yeah, it feels like comedy underplays that.
1: Yeah, it's like you were saying, With Neil and I is one of the funniest films ever made, but it's not. would not actually a it's comedy, not a comedy. It's
0: you not know? comedy, yeah. He, he quotes a whole <coughs> soliloquy from Hamlet at the end, mm. and you nearly cry in that moment, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think, I think dark comedy. Um, yeah, that's a good. Fair
2: assessment, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think the performances from the lead cast is great, and also the supporting cast is amazing. Um, they they do, like you said, they develop all the characters feel developed. They feel like, you know, they could have just got some random generic white guy to play Shet Proudfoot, but they got they wrote a Native American character who is a hard ass who beats the hell out of uh, Steve Buscemi's character. Yeah, that's and a functional that character him.
0: who's got a proper like. Life, you go. Uh, I feel like I saw his parole hearing. I feel like I know how much he paid for bail or whatever. You know, like <laughs> I feel like I know all those things in, in nothing in no scenes yeah. at all. Really, there's
1: not a single bad performance in this film. I don't yeah. think.
0: Yeah, and it, again, it's either really great casting or they're well directed, or it's the writing, or it's just everything put together at once.
2: Yeah, that's the 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 acting's brilliant in it, isn't it? It's just William H Macy plays that pensive, anxiety character. Like you know, I hate to say it, but the beat a male. You know, like you said, yeah. life's yeah, yeah. really ground him down. While he's tried his best, um, you know, people are always talking to him with their back to him. Yeah. You know, they don't, he walks in the house and. Uh, you know, the patriarch of the family won't even turn around to address, (laughs) acknowledge his existence. You know, he's he's so beaten down. It's, but he plays it so brilliantly and yeah, um, you know, these characters, you know, people who just don't think the consequences of what they're doing through, they just kind of act uh, what else it was a great interview like?
0: with Billy Mitch Macy about getting the role and how he, he, he went and auditioned for it, but then he, he wasn't sure that they were going to cast him and they were going out to New York to get some more castings. So he flew out to New York, uh, sort of like basically crashed the interview, crashed the auditions, did it again and basically said, I really don't want you to screw up this movie um, and if you don't cast me, I'll kill your dogs. <laughs> it's a really great interview. <laughs> and somehow got the job so young actors out there that's my advice to you <laughs> accidentally threaten your
2: producers and directors on purpose uh, if you need to yeah. Uh, <laughs> actually, Donks, yeah actually
0: follow through with it if you need to yeah
2: yeah. pets of any kind goldfish parrots <laughs> you know snakes if, they've got to, if they're have got, if they into that kind of thing oh yeah Sam yeah whatever, whatever
0: you need oh yeah
2: oh yeah yeah I think again the pacing the narrative's really good the pacing of the film is really good um I think I, I, you know, I can only nitpick at this film rather than. All right, give us give us the things Christmas. you don't like,
0: and the things you don't like about it.
2: Um, so there's only maybe two or three things that I thought maybe were a bit didn't work. There's, um, I, for me, I would have liked a bit more of focus on maybe the victims of this. It's very much about the perpetrators of the crime and the people trying to catch them. You know, you don't you don't really get any for a film that develops its characters really well, you don't really get too much development on the people who are murdered in the film. That's true. Mm -hmm. um, But that's, again, once, once you get over that, then... There's nothing There's nothing to bother you with it. Um, and then, is it the Mike Yangita scenes? Yeah. Where he phones her up, yeah, they go on this weird date, and then she finds out that he's just a crazy guy <laughs> they, they who could lied about having a wife.
0: Yeah, the, I think the, the talk there was that they wanted to give her a, Marge a scene where it wasn't with her husband or her job. You know, she wasn't just a wife or a cop. They wanted to give her an extra. Yeah, just yeah it's not
1: a, a character. Yeah, know.
0: but I think, I think you're right. You, they actually probably could have cut those, and you would, I don't personally think I would have gotten any less of a image of that character. It felt like padding. I also it. Got felt suspicious, like she was trying thought, to make well, the a her... bit longer. When she first agreed to meet up, I thought, oh, does, does he have a job that will help her with this case? Is she looking for an affair? Like, it, it was I think interesting... she was
1: just a. Uh... Yeah, she's just a nice person and wanted to meet her with an old school friend. Yeah, so yeah. I, I couldn't can, say no yeah. to an old, guy, an old friend wanting to meet
0: her. Well, he sits on her side and she's like, oh, actually, I'd, I'd rather you sit over that side. I don't want yeah. to tip my neck, you know.
1: <clears throat> yeah, that could have been cool. But I think that's, yeah, it, it is just showing you, my, you know, developing Marge's character a bit more outside of her work yeah. and her home life. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and it's, and it's serviceable to the film as a whole, but I think you got enough of Marge's character without that in it, to be brutally honest. Um, yeah, and it, it kind of wraps itself up quite neatly as well, doesn't it, because she finds out, what, the day later, that he's basically a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, that's, that, that's the end of that. <laughs> yeah, 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 I mean, I it's only a 95-minute 90, film anyway, so you'd have to, yeah. you're right, if you were to cut that, you'd have to put in maybe some background on the victim's... I'm not sure what it'll get you, but that's fair fair criticism, really. Any other issues? Um,
2: So the other two things I would mention are the score and, as you mentioned before, the cinematography. I think we need to mention the score is wonderful for this film because it's this (laughs) basically big brass strings. Majestic,
0: isn't it? Score.
2: Mm. Yeah, I've written down in my notes, I put, it's it's like at times it plays like a fairy tale score, you know, <laughs> with these really high notes. Other times you've got these really ominous tones, but it's always operatic and but it's also playful. And you know, there's the bit right at the beginning that um, when uh, Steve Buscemi and uh, what's his f- and the other guy, um, yeah, Grim-Sage. what did we call him? Peter Stormare. Um, Peter Stormare, they're both, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, <gayer. laughs> as they're driving, yeah. they're driving towards the camera, and there's just this big bombastic <laughs> yeah. sort of string section, mm. and you're like, "Oh, is something about to happen here!" And it's like, "No, it's them signaling to you that you need to pay attention." Yeah, And yeah. These are the the people who are going to move the story along. It creates the it, part it,
0: of the it of. creates an iconography as well because the, I I'm I right in saying neither of you have seen the TV show. I've seen... No, I've oh, you, not seen Joe's it. Seen, sorry, yeah, Joe's sorry. just seen, yeah. seen it. And that sort of... I don't even know if they use the same musical motifs, for, motifs, but I've got that image in my head of that for the TV show, that mm-hmm. same sort of or, orchestral swells and, and majesty of the, the soundtrack of the TV. It's been a couple of years since I saw it, but...
1: Yeah, same, I don't, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah,
0: but it sticks with me in my head anyway. So the TV show is is, is oddly... The first series is kind of a retelling of the f- Film, but so different that it's not beat for beat by a long stretch. Um, oh, if you, uh, listener Hugh, if you haven't seen the, the TV show, I'd really recommend it. I'd never really understood why Billy Bob Thornton was so lauded an actor, or could or could get Angelina Jolie to marry him. But when you watch him <laughs> in that, you to- I get it. He's so charismatic. He's so you know magnetic.
2: Does it come across as a facsimile though of the film? That was my only. Because I was tempted after watching this today to start watching it. I would, I
0: would. Really? So Martin Freeman, he's a William H. Macy sort of character. Rather than uh, Jerry Lundegaard, he plays uh, Lester Nygaard. He's a sort of beta male, like you say, kind of downtrodden. But there's enough differences. He's not a car salesman, he's an, insur- a traveling, uh, he's an insurance salesman of some kind. He does look for somebody to sort his life out for him, but it's it's not really this, the plot of this. There is a police officer who's, you know, a big character, charismatic, but it's not, it's just not this, it's not the film, but it, it follows so many of the beats. Uh, and I'm, now the more I talk about it, the more I just want to go and rewatch the TV show to be honest. It's really good. Does it have the same sort of cinematography in it like this film has
2: with these really. You know, wide sweeping wide shots and high
0: angles, and I think so. You know, yeah, gives you that sense of isolation. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Certainly, those those wide shots that that is something that sticks with you as uh, you know. Yes,
1: yeah, and there's some great shots of when people are talking. It's sort of a uh, short reverse shot. You know, they show you the person who's talking to face, and then the other person reacting, and then the shows. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not really technical. No, if you're if you're playing along with us at home uh, with um, <laughs> Ooh, yeah. A-level film studies, <laughs> bingo! <coughs> you've just got a house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I should mention mise en scène. <laughs> okay,
0: um, cool. Right, let's get to favourite scenes and lines then. Uh, Hugh, as our another uh, no, in fact, Joe, as our guest. Um, what you've got, have you got? What have you got in your notes? There has been probably your favourite scene. <clears throat> Favorite scene? Um,
1: uh, I've got a couple of favorite scenes. Uh, the okay, first of all, there's um, early on in the film, Carl and Gaia. They they <laughs> they're driving towards um, Minneapolis, and they're having a con- they're having a conversation in the car, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's saying, "Can you put that cigarette out?" Uh, he says, "Have you ever been to Minneapolis?" And he goes no he has has this big two minute monologue about how he's (laughs) not said a word the whole journey and um, goes on for two minutes about how I can be quiet too
2: you know (laughs) let's just see how you like it you know in fact it's brilliant because he proceeds not to be quiet (laughs) (laughs) he just he he leaves it a couple of seconds and then I can do it too see how you like it I mean I don't have the whole quote but I mean if we could put
1: it in here as a clip that'd be, <laughs> that'd be quite good magic man,
0: clip it <laughs>
1: <laughs> can you crack a fucking window open man? you know it's proven the secondhand smoke is uh, carcin- and, uh, you know cancer agent. hey look at that twin cities it's the IDS building, the big glass one, the tallest skyscraper in the Midwest after the uh, Sears and uh, Chicago or John Hancock building, whatever. You never been to Minneapolis?
2: Nope.
1: Would it kill you to say something? I did. No. It's the first thing you've said in the last four hours. That's, uh, that's a fountain of conversation, man. That's a geyser. I mean, whoa, Teddy, stand back, man. Shit. I'm sitting here driving, doing all the driving, man. whole fucking way from Brainerd driving, just trying to chat, you know, keep our spirits up, fight the boredom of the road. You can't say one fucking thing just in the way of conversation. Oh, fuck it, I don't have to talk either, man. See how you like it. Total fucking silence. Two could play at that game, smart guy. We'll just see how you like it. Total silence.
0: And if you can't, it's fine. So, <laughs> yeah. Also, that was one of the reasons why I thought Hugh would like this, because Hugh's a Tarantino fan, mm. and one of the things that marks out Tarantino is the ability to make mundane conversations interesting between, you know, sort of yeah. dramatic people. <clears throat> and I did think you might have... Appreciate that she was that something that struck you kind of sort of territory? Oh, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah,
2: Yeah, no, it is. This is it, it's the strength of this film is its dialogue, isn't it? Ultimately, yeah. it, oh, it, yeah. it's not the it's not, it's It's almost not this the narrative, the narrative's kind of inconsequential. It's a it's, a, I call it the you know, a six o'clock news narrative, you know, man <laughs> kid gets wife kidnapped hire someone to kidnap wife and um you know because he's in debt but the family doesn't know and he's got a rich father-in-law and he wants to try and extort money that way and you know ultimately provide for his family but in a very unethical and (laughs) criminal way um but yeah and it's you know it's not something you wouldn't expect not to hear but yeah the dialogue's just amazing in this film isn't it you know the scene in the um in the bar, was that the next thing you were going to say, Joe? Uh, no, my other
1: favourite scene was the uh, Mister Mora. Um, it's sort of towards the end of the film. Um, one of the one of the other cops just sort of goes out on a lead and um, just pulls up at this guy's house. He's sweeping snow off his drive <laughs> and uh, just walks up and says, "Mister Mora, uh, I'm from the police department." He goes, "Yeah, I know." And then he goes off in a <laughs> goes on for about two and a half minutes. Um,
0: <laughs> and so she said I should call it in so I called it in and, and well that, that's yeah. the end of the story
1: <laughs> yeah he's like so I'm tending bar down there at Edlick in Sweden said, and this guy comes in he says uh what can I get some action? I said, what kind of action? He says, woman action. What do I look like? I said, what do I look like? I don't arrange that kind of thing. Yeah. And it goes on and on. What am I, some sort of jerk to you? Yeah. Oh, I get it. Do you, you did use the word jerk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got, last guy who called me a jerk says he's dead now. I don't mean of old age. <laughs> <laughs> and he yeah, goes on for about two and a half minutes. End of story. And that's the whole scene. Yeah and it seems yeah it seems uh, quite jarring it seems <laughs> consequential but it's actually quite an important scene is yeah. to show the audience that they're it's close to finding out it's, to yeah. solving these murders
2: but it's just yeah, brilliant it's, <laughs> it's so funny isn't it because <laughs> you, you imagine the scene in your head because you you've spent so much time with Steve Buscemi's character okay. by this point in the film you can imagine him having that back and forth <laughs> yeah. with the bartender That's it. I love that we didn't and even
0: see that conversation at the time we, we were only hearing it yeah. through, the, through the testimony And then, yeah. what about you
2: then Sam? What's your favourite scene?
0: I really like it but oh, do, do you know this is funny? Uh, it's gonna, it's about to happen right now while we're watching it. Uh, I really well, like the that's scene. Never happened. Before, <laughs> no, so. first. Um, Every. It's not even a <laughs> <episode. laughs> <laughs> um, So it's when Marge comes to see Jerry for the second time, uh, the car yeah. dealership. I just really love that scene because, because what's great about her is she is sort of the definition of an iron fist in a velvet glove. You know, mm. is that the phrase?
1: So yeah, yes. the, well, that's ironing right
0: it was poetic in my mind <laughs> um, because you know she's just this lovely, caring Minnesota sort of woman, but she is—you can tell she's fierce under there—and um, she's tracking down these leads, and she knows he's up to no good, and she's <clears> probing <throat> in the nicest possible way, and he's, you know, trying to deflect from her.
1: If this was a Scorsese film, you know, <laughs> she'd be like, you know, I'm not taking any of this shit. <laughs> <you
0: know. laughs> mm-hmm. But now, instead, she's. What is it, now there's no call to be getting snippy at me? Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she gets like, I don't yeah, like you said, she's she kind of admonishes him,
0: but in a really polite way. <laughs> yeah, where you go, oh, wow, this is the first time I've heard it be anything but absolutely lovely to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and it just really sort of scares you a little bit, or, you know, you, you really get a sense of this character's strength from that and then his reaction is fantastic you know he agrees to go and do another another count and an inventory of the cars and actually I didn't even though I'd seen this film before I didn't expect him to then just go driving (laughs) bastard one of my favourite bits of the film in in that scene happens is um
2: when she realises that he runs off, she goes to ring the police department and she has to press three to get an outside <laughs> line. That Just that little... <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That,
0: that wasn't on my version, that, I don't yeah. think...
2: She's running around going, he's
1: fleeing the interview. And he's she goes to oh yeah, and she's yeah, like, oh, really three ran. for an outside yeah. line. It's just
2: like, I just love that little attention to detail. It's like, yeah, in businesses like that, they have to yeah. press you know, a number to dial out. And I actually thought they were going to run with that and have like her have to get the manager and be like, what's the number to get an outside line?
1: <laughs> yeah, I love that scene. He's like, Miss, I answered your question. I'm being cooperative. <laughs> <laughs> There's no need to get to with me, sir. <laughs> and uh, I'll She's do a damn luck count, who means so much to you. <laughs> oh, while, while he's walking Christ. up. <laughs> Is there
2: any other scene sound that you like? <laughs> well, obviously, <laughs> that were your favourite.
0: I'm a big fan of a lot of them, but yeah, I, I do like the one that Joe mentioned in terms of the, in the car. I really like their first scene in the car as well, kind of Steve Buscemi and um, Peter Stormare. Stormare, yeah. Stormare, yeah. Um, just you know, he wants pancakes for lunch. It's like we ate pancakes for breakfast. Are you kidding? I want to get somewhere. I can get a beer and a shot and a steak. <laughs> you know, just that sort of, just that little sort of, just inconsequential nattering between gangsters. Essentially, yeah. I, I, really uh, like I think my favourite
2: scene as there's all these as much as I said the dialogue is the best thing about this film. So I'm going to contradict myself a little here. But my favourite scene is the abduction That's scene. It. Just the face that uh, mm. uh, William H. Macy's wife pulls in that is brilliant. Because he comes... Yeah, because <laughs> he comes trying to look inside. Because <laughs> he's got the ski mask on. And so his vision's impaired, so he doesn't <laughs> see her staring straight at him. And then he breaks the window for no real reason.
0: <laughs> and then yeah. he has to come in that way. the, the other guy... Because she's just so lovely and just inquisitively like, huh, I wonder what's happening here. No fear, yeah. nothing like that. And it's like she would offer him a plate of cookies. if like, he, yeah. Would yeah. Just, he walk just walks in. It in door. Door. They, <laughs> yeah. It's that sort of town. They, don't, they, lock the doors. they, don't, lock they don't lock the door. They don't lock the door. They don't lock the door. You know, door. I, and it's a funny thing, actually, because it's been a few years since I saw this film. I genuinely thought, in my mind, in my memory, when they kidnap her and she runs into the shower curtain and she falls down the steps... In my mind, she hits the head at the bottom and dies right there. <clears throat> and I don't know if I've does got that one the in the film or something TV like show, that. Or... Fargo. No, no, no. I mean, she does. Well, don't say anything. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it doesn't. And uh, it, it could be completely the film, TV show. Maybe it's there the, are a lot. Of, maybe it's fact like, that you know there she, are a lot of films where them.
2: people fall down the stairs, <laughs> and die from head problems in in yeah the bit with the shower it's just so well constructed you know
1: I think it's because you you never actually see her again in the film You, you hear
0: her and you in that so moment, off, you think yeah. she might be dead, yeah. and so in my mind, she is dead. And then, again, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen the film: you should watch this film, etc. Uh, then she does die later on, and you don't see her face. And in fact, a lot of the time, it was a different actress playing her uh, yeah. while she was under that she just doesn't yeah. see her face. But that was that's film. my favourite scene, just because it, it's
2: just so funny, isn't it? It's just so bumbling. Like the, she bites his hand, and so he goes into this <laughs> medicine cabinet yeah. to find some
0: antiseptic, an ointment. I need unguents. what's that sorry
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I need yeah. unguents. Yeah. yeah he's just <laughs> oh, it's so funny and yeah the bit Joe mentioned before where they're at the um, where the officer goes to see Mr what was he what was he called Mr. Mora. Mr. Mora, and that that whole exchange is fantastic. Uh, The bit in the bar where um, Francis McDermott's character, she goes and speaks to the two women that they picked up, and he's kind of funny-looking, yeah. Oh, anything else? He's uncircumcised, yeah. But anything other than that?
0: just kind of funny looking <laughs> there's just no description just kind of worth mentioning in, in terms of our social media engagements that was uh, our good old buddy friend of the show Kieran West that was um, when I put out there what's your favourite line from the show yeah he wasn't circumcised <laughs> um, that was that was his go
1: and that, uh, Mr Morris says the same thing doesn't he, he says, uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, he's kind, kind of fun looking yeah in, in what way uh, just in a general kind of way because
0: <laughs> <laughs> how would you describe Steve Buscemi's funny looking way well. Exactly. Like that. Slightly bulging eyes. Yeah. I mean, better looking than me. <laughs> <laughs> but known the world over as one of the weirdest looking Hollywood super, like, film stars there is but <laughs> better looking than the average guy Is kind of funny looking in a general kind of yeah. way it's he's, <laughs> kind so of <laughs> he's so pallid he's like a <laughs> like a Victorian corpse <laughs> <laughs> died of you know, consumption <laughs>
2: have you ever seen a boardwalk empire I haven't. I really want to. Yeah. Bits of it are good, and he's good in that. But honestly, he just look like a walking corpse at times. <laughs> <laughs> and you I just don't. Like, the walking Dead in my head. Bits of yeah. it just don't. Some of the f- bits in that just don't. Kind of you just don't buy into him that he's this like crime guy because and he's got mm. these like beautiful women hanging out of him because it's like yeah, but he's still <laughs> Steve Buscemi.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've we've all seen those memes where you try and replace Steve Buscemi's eyes onto <laughs> other people's faces, <laughs> and they all look like zombies <laughs> yeah. anyway but apparently Indeed. he's a great guy he' um, there's that famous oh, story isn't
2: there of him uh, he used to be a no, firefighter no, first responder yeah. yeah and he just went and helped
0: rescue people that day so I think it's safe to say we're big fans of Steve Bichon, yeah yeah as, as a person and a performer because he is just just he's one of those people you could cast it does not say a word and you get it you like you understand it like he's got a weight of humanity and humor and all that Already there in the bank, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Plays a few of my favorite characters in a few.
0: Sorry, Joe. Well, Big Lebowski, of course. Big
1: Lebowski is in, um, uh, in Mr. Pink in Reservoir Dogs, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right, yeah. Um, is he in all he's in also, in
0: Mr. Deeds, probably your, one of your favorite yeah, films, or... guys, yeah. yeah. God, I'm glad I found <laughs> that guy.
1: Hey, <laughs> in... I thought we were watching Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is weird that he was almost pigeonholed as being like a Rob Schneider, yeah. I'll be in every Adam Sandler film. <laughs> Very different careers. So Hugh, what would you say would be your favourite line from this film?
2: Um so my favourite line in this film is just anytime somebody goes, Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> just, you just
2: you just buy into it straight away, don't you? That this is it sets the scene very well, um, and I also like. I'm not going to debate you, Jerry. <laughs> that is good
0: because he sort of says it as well, later, doesn't of, it? But
2: yeah. it's so quotable, isn't it? This film. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Favorite lines, favorite mm. scenes in, this in, week in kind of, of
2: blend yeah. into each other. I feel because they're so they're so inexorably linked this time.
0: There are so many possible answers to that question, isn't there? I mean, for me, I really like when Marge confronts uh, Gare, Gare um, at the woodchipper. And he says, uh, oh, you know, when they're in the car. So that was Mister L- Mrs. Lundegaard on the floor in there. And I guess that was your accomplice. In, I'm just going to do my voice. I, and I guess that was your accomplice in the woodchipper. And those three people in Brainerd. And for what? For a little bit of money? There's more to life than money, you know. Don't you know that? And here you are and it's a beautiful day. Well, I just don't understand it. Mm. I just thought it was a really nice summary yeah. of the film, really. Yeah. How about you, Joe? Yeah.
1: That was a a great great end to the film. I mean the the ending is so abrupt, isn't it? Kinda of. mm. Um One of the kidnappers is dead, one of them gets caught, Jerry's found out, his wife's dead, uh the money's still dug. dead. The, mother's in a hole in
0: and that's part of the <clears throat> show actually and I'll tell you what uh, uh, the, the the great sort of weirdness of this film being oh this is based on a real story um, there's a documentary I watched very recently today in fact and I did it <laughs> less than 24
2: hours ago <laughs> and, and in case you're listening to I this not, in the future listeners he'd listened to this recently <laughs> but it's not the day that you're listening to but this relative all. to right now yeah Um <laughs>
0: But the the sort of context of this film being so unreliable, I don't even know if this document is true. But it was on Channel Four anyway. It was a, a Japanese girl who went out to Fargo to find this money mm. and then died out in the snow. That's got to be and bullshit, hasn't it? But it's re- it's so interesting, <clears throat> and she doesn't really speak English. So there's loads of like witnesses who saw her, and somebody said, "Oh, she might have had stomach cancer," uh, all this sort of stuff, and then she's just like this dead person out in the snow. It was like she was imitating Fargo. It's 2001, this. Oh, so it's after the film came out. The idea being, have went... It would have been weird if she did it before the film came out. Oh, yeah, massively. <laughs> but she took a plane, plane out from Japan to America to go to, South, to North Dakota and to go to Minnesota to try and find this money that was left because the film says this is based on a real story. Mm-hmm. So she went up to people with a map that just had a line that said road and another thing that said a tree and another line that said road. And she just pointed that to people like... Uh, can you tell me where this is? <laughs> See, that's, wow. that's a cute well, there's story. Plenty of fucking roads with trees. If it hasn't um, been that she died, <laughs> and then she died. and it becomes this. And nobody knows why. How guilty she would you feel in. if
2: you were the Coen Brothers for messing with that trope of this is a true story? Yeah, because they kind of
1: for years they they played interviews by saying yeah it is true and then saying it's not true and they weren't really. Mm. Say one way or another, whether it's true, and then
0: they finally reveal no, it's not true. Yeah, in, the, in a great it's maybe with it may be based Rose. on one or
1: two. Yeah,
0: vaguely based on one or two cases, but, but those characters are just—they're completely from their heads, really. Yeah, there's they?
1: no suitcase full of money. Yeah, no. uh, but anyway, my favorite line.
0: Um, <laughs> oh, go back to the notepad. Um, I don't know. Oh yeah,
1: I I, I quite like the um, be, just before they get pulled over by the cop. Um, the kidnappers and they, <laughs> they're just driving along. And gets he notices the cops' lights flashing and pulls over. And um, oh yeah, what's the name? Is it Trudy? Um, oh, I've
0: forgotten actually. What Jerry's wife?
1: Yeah, um, she's sort of whimpering in the back, and he says, uh, "All right, uh, all right, keep it still, there, lady. Or otherwise, we might have to,
0: you know, shoot you." <laughs> <laughs> so unconvincing. It's like un- like yeah. <laughs> really, because um... <laughs> they're not really assassins, are they? They're not hitmen. No, they're sort of like reluctant kidna- kidnappers, are they're they? They're just sleazy
2: guys <laughs> in for a quick book. But it's that juxtaposition, End isn't there. it, of stuff like that where they seem so bumbling, like, oh, we'll just have to shoot you. And then there is this yeah. horrific crime that happens, like moments later, where a guy gets shot in the head and then two people are brutally tracked down and murdered. It's yeah, uh... I was worried that you'd find it too jarring, but I think it's. It's oh, the, the, not set up as a knockabout comedy. On the characters of the guy who gets tracked down, and he's kind of like the surprise that he's seeing this guy holding a police yeah. officer who's clearly been injured by them and a gun, and he's just kind of so shocked. It's such a. Yeah. It's fun. It's so funny, but in a sense, it's also. Really dramatic as well because he's kind of like these big expressions. I think that's I think that's maybe one of the, the parts of the humor of this film is its big expressions. If that uh, and uh, Marge describes his death as. This execution-style deal. Over yeah, he <laughs> <You> seemed <laughs>
0: like lasting, a nice like, fellow. She's talking like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. she's talking like she does this every day. Yeah. yeah, she figures it out, and that's the great thing from an audience perspective is that you see it happen, and then she figures it out with so few clues. You go, oh right, this is a person who is smart,
1: and looking at yeah. that, his footprints, he seems like a big fella,
0: a big fella. Yeah, <laughs> oh, this is a different fella.
2: <laughs> yeah, right.
0: Well, I think
2: that's uh, that for favorite lines. What we doing that's next all the lines
0: and... the scenes all that sort of stuff what well, we're going to do after the break well it's one of those sorry
1: it's one of those films mm. where you can't you, there's, there's some great lines mm. but my two favourite lines are two minute dialogues <laughs> yeah <sorry>.
0: mm. <laughs> it's the exchanges My so you two favourite lines are a tenth of the film yeah. <laughs> that's what I mean. yeah fair total, mm. total fucking silence
1: total fucking silence
0: so here's what we're going to get after the, after the break Ladies and gents, we're going to get the critical response. We're going to get Hugh's rating. Uh, We're also going to get whether or not Hugh would recommend this film, which we've done maybe 12% of the time. (laughs) Sporadically. And then finally, we're going to get the quiz. So join us after the break for all those things I just said. (laughs) Hello and welcome back to Please Watch This Specifically, Fargo. Um, let's begin with. Hmm, should we get Hugh's ratings or the critical response, Joe? Well, oh, yeah,
1: Joe. Which would you rather hear first? I think. Um, As our I think we'll we'll go with critics first. Critics oh, first. A bit of tension first. for the audience, there.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, keep them hanging on, just like a pro. Um, uh, Hugh. If I may be so bold, um, what would you say would be the Metacritic score for this film? Oh, we doing this right?
2: Okay. Um,
0: oh, like eighty-six, maybe. Oh, you are so far off. <laughs> 80, Eighty-five. <laughs> you were a whole oh. integer off. Eighty-five percent. If only they had points in integers on this rating system, and then I would have been closer. <laughs> yeah only. so the story goes that um Roger Ebert and uh Siskel were what Gene Siskel were watching at the cinema and Siskel turned to Ebert and said this is why we love movies so Roger Ebert gave it a 4 out can't of 4 can't give it a higher praise than that can you really from I mean you literally can't critics. under four. yeah he said Fargo begins with an absolutely dead on familiarity with small town life in the frigid winter landscape of Minnesota and South, uh, North Dakota. Then it rotates its story through satire, comedy, suspense and violence until it emerges as one of the best films I've ever seen. Sam, just mm. say
2: South Dakota so you get it out of your head.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's... South Dakota, North Dakota, Fargo is in North Dakota. Yeah. Um, he said lots of really great things and then, uh, that I'm going to skip over and he said the Coens... Have elevated reality into a human comedy, into the kind of movie that makes us hug ourselves with the way it pulls off one improbable scene after another. Films like Fargo are why I love the movies. Yeah. I mean, that is, uh, you know.
1: Just to add to that as well, um, Roger Ebert declared it to be the best film of 1996. Mm, yeah. Narcissical
0: Annie, but. Yeah, I mean, that is. Did, did Independence
2: Day come out in 96?
0: I mean. <laughs> it's, a, it's a high bar lads oh dear it really is it really is so that was I didn't even get a, ne- a negative response I just thought you know what I really liked that I'm going to stick with that there are more paragraphs if you want to hear them but genuinely uh, he really liked it and therefore we really like it yeah it's hard to argue also, with it I'll isn't it let's face it
1: I'll also mention that this is Mark Kermode's favourite Coen Brothers film
0: true true so it pleases both of our favourite comic you know, Is it
2: your critics. favorite Cohen brothers film?
0: Uh, y- ooh, yeah. it mm, ooh, ah, <laughs> Oh, mm. ah, yeah, yeah, bow. Oh, ooh. yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> it is it is right there. Mm, oh, uh, I think Over the Where Art Thou might e- edge it. Uh, uh, Sam, will you pick a bloody film? <laughs> <laughs> I think Over the Where Art Thou edges it for me. I, I think it's Oprah the Where Art Thou, then shortly, slowly, steadily, creepingly, reluctantly behind it is um, this film. And then behind them is probably uh, Big, Big Lebowski and Raising Arizona in, in on par. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean Fargo is my favorite Coen Brothers film by far. Oh Brother Where Are You is definitely it's the soundtrack second. for me that makes yeah.
0: it. You know, that edges it.
1: And then Big Lebowski, then uh, probably I don't know. Um, Barton Fink's quite good
0: I haven't seen that I'd say
1: Raised in Arizona yeah so, well yeah
2: pretty much. much it's interesting that neither of <laughs> you said no country for old men given uh, the uh, uh, I don't have that, that much of
0: a heart for it I, I'm, I'm sure it's it I c- need to watch it again yeah I need to watch it again it's, it's great as that. it's great is simple it because there's a, no I redeemable
2: characters again. in that
0: where in this you've got redeemable characters and in it's over just, the way out there you've yeah. got you know redeemable years, years later there's less to hang my hat on you know there's there's a great character with some great scenes being psychopathic but there's
1: some amazing lines it, but it just drags on and on for me I,
0: think. I just I need to watch it again yeah. simple as that how about
2: you Hugh? Um, well personally I wish I'd seen this film at about the same time I'd seen Oh Brother Where Art Thou? because mm. I've had, like, nearly 20 years to ruminate on over Brother, wear out Thou? <laughs> so I, I think I saw that in, like, 2000 or 2001 or something like that. So I've had a long, yeah. and I've seen it a couple of times since. So I've had a, I've enjoyed it every time I've seen it, and it's such an amazing film. And it's, it's maybe not got the parochial nature that this has, where it's more like, you know, Ebert said, it's more hyper-realistic and you know a slice of life kind of thing it's yeah. it's more like you said it's a yeah. it, it, it's aware of itself as a film so i've i've just had longer to think about it so i prefer that film at this moment in time but maybe ask me again in
0: 20 years after I've, and after i've yeah, seen the big Lebowski it, yeah. as well i don't... yeah it could be all over the place and i think you know another thing with over the right one, especially its soundtrack is that um, the Big Rock County Mountain is one of the three songs that we always sang or played to my daughter when we were getting her to bed <laughs> and so just and that soundtrack and that song you know they just have such a fun place yeah. in, my, in my whole life that actually yeah I, I couldn't hang onto this film as much as Over the Way Out though for that reason yeah okay yeah. let's get into ratings then uh, now uh, I've not thought of a rating system Joe I'm, I'm going to invite you to think in in the next I'd say six seconds maximum. What rating system we should give for Hugh? Okay. How many? Uncircumcised Steve Buscemis. How <laughs> <laughs> many what?
2: uncircumcised?
0: Steve Buscemis. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we know, he's so circ- circumcised. He is
2: circumcised. He isn't circumcised. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> out of ten. Out of ten. <laughs> That's a lot of foreskin. Yeah, that is an awful lot.
1: Yeah. Four uh, just, oh, a nine. No, it's Steve Buscemi's hub. Nine.
0: <laughs> yeah. Nine. Oh. Yeah, this <claps> another film's... Another high five there.
2: This one's going to be a slow burner on me, because I, the thing... It starts with a nine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Steadily working its way to a ten, or...?
2: <laughs> well, it's another of these films that i built up for so many years that I couldn't wait to see it, and obviously building the anticipation with the podcast over such a long period of time, and a couple of times I've been disappointed, like I was a bit disappointed with The Shining, I was disappointed with There Will Be Blood, I wasn't disappointed with this film in one bit at all, it was so,
0: good. That is the best news. It's just... Yeah, I tell you, I was so happy, because I just thought, oh, he's not going to like the tonal mismatch, or he's going to find something to be anadonic about it, And, and and I'm so happy. It it was such a throwback because
2: it's meant to be set in 1987, but you can tell it's set in the mid 90s. It's just something about it It just says mid 90s, and I think there's a bit. Yeah, I mean, nostalgia's not a bad thing, you know. It's not what it used to be, but um, yeah, I've got a lot of nostalgia for this film because that was kind of my day. It was great. Yeah, because that was kind of the world we were expecting would be about when we grew up. Like, you know, the internet. I think has really revolutionised the world you know it's not an easy thing to oh. say <laughs> hot take yeah, yeah. yeah get down to your bro. don't go on a limit at you <laughs> oh, yeah. I hear it's going to catch you really go from
0: strength to strength yeah. <laughs> sorry
2: hang on hang on Sam Joe news just in water's wet the sky's blue <laughs> but yeah because
0: is that, the, is that the
2: Pope in the woods <laughs> no that's a bear I mean, man. Yeah, think yeah, in yeah, a the, trench yeah internet
1: it's a, it's a game
2: changer right? <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's on, I don't phones. want to be controversial here, but I can see there being at least one phone in every
0: major city in America in the next 30 years. This, Fuck gen is the internet. <laughs> anyway. But, yeah. so aside from but the, the world we grew right,
2: up yeah. into was, was that. That was how the world was portrayed to us. You know, maybe, mm. okay, in the UK, mm. a little bit different, but... You know, there would be people trying to get the TV to work, to get reception. You'd have, <laughs> yeah. you know, people on long road trips where all they'd always have is the radio. And imagine, <clears throat> imagine being stuck for four or five hours with somebody who barely talks.
0: Or know? several days in a cabin with yeah. a, without a working TV. Yeah. yeah. You got your mind.
2: So it was a nice nostalgia trip because it was almost like, Obviously, I wasn't going to become a kidnapping hoodlum murderer, but I was like, "Too soon, yeah, well have still got time." But um, (laughs) I was expecting to kind of grow up into that world, and then the internet changed that, and it made the world smaller, and it made it less, more connected. But things were—you could entertain yourself easier nowadays than you can back then, and that was—I don't know—it's there's a weird nostalgia to. It makes you think. Oh well, that was a world I was expecting to come, but it never materialized for me as an adult or a young adult. Mm. It became something very different.
0: Yeah. Well, if yeah, you grew yeah. up in the
2: sixties yeah. to the nineties, that not much had ch- a lot had changed, but those kind of expectations—you know—they still had the radio, they still had TVs. That you know, kind of the technology itself and the c- interconnectivity of the world wasn't the same. It was kind of s- more or less it stayed the same for about 30 years and then it changed in yeah, like two thousand. Yeah, to go from sort
0: of live TV to, to you know, videos and Betamaxes and that sort of thing isn't as big a jump as to go from VHS to streaming. Yeah. No, know, I don't want obviously. this to sound
2: like... Somebody, you know I'm only 32 you know back in
0: my day when I was a kid we we had these things
2: called video cassettes or VHS
0: as the kids called them you know it was you know and and if they couldn't get a boiled egg they'd get a fucking uh, gather round kids let me tell you about de -de. (laughs) I
2: don't want to sound like that guy so yeah I had almost a nostalgia for a time that never came to pass which you can't have nostalgia mm. for but there you go
0: <laughs> what is this point that you're making my point is that so this... <laughs> it
2: made me very nostalgic about the 90s and okay. growing up in and, it, and the expectations that I as a child put upon what my life would be in the world I would grow up to be into an adult so I was I'm being nostalgic for a thought that I had about how things would play out <laughs> <clears throat> now you might find that funny but that's what this no, film emoted Yeah, just,
0: just seemed a, 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 quite a five-minute take on the, the simple point of uh, nostalgic. Yeah, it just, that's fair enough. I totally uh, get what you're saying. Tom. I like it. I enjoyed it. So, Hugh, give a film you
1: recommended nine out of ten,
0: OK? I'm so happy about this. Is it the first time? Oh, no, I think uh, there might have been one. Or something no, I rated it, thinking nine out of ten as well. Um, what Were You In The Shadows? Yeah,
2: because yeah, that's just a brilliant film. It's so funny.
0: Really, really good. So, Joe, I mean, this is a success. It's a... You know, well worth 20 years of friendship with Hugh (laughs) to lead this. Fan bloody tastic. Should we get to the Quizzles? I think we should. Oh, we'll do
1: our ratings, Joe. We'll do our ratings, go on
0: then. How many foreskins? 10.
1: 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. This is a 10 out of 10.
2: I hope somebody Mother. walks in at the precise moment somebody else is listening to this loud,
0: <laughs> and some just goes to Joe. Joe, how many foreskins? Ten. While well, I'm on my phone as if I'm on Just Eat or something, I'm ordering a takeaway. Yeah. How many foreskins? <laughs> three sausage rolls. Ten uh, foreskins. Ten, ten foreskins. Ten. Three labia and two clitoris, please.
1: <laughs> no, oh. not any foreskins. Steve Buscemi's foreskins. <laughs> yeah, Steve Buscemi's.
2: <laughs> and his teeth.
0: So, I'm to, I actually accidentally going to Ed guyne rather than Pizza Hut. I mean, it's an uh, it's easy <laughs> mistake to make. Should we get into the quizzicals? What about, um, would I recommend this film oh, like, to oh, other sorry, people? Sorry, nine. I'm a, I'm a nine. I'm a solid, uh, solid nine. nine. Yeah, okay, let's move so on. So easy peasy. Easy what about, about
2: um, recommending this film to other people? Would I do that? Oh, Christ, yeah. You're bringing uh, that back, listener. You, if,
0: would you recommend this film to other people? Yes, I would. Let's quiz it up. So I do have seven questions, plus one impossible question that's more a trivia point wrapped up as a question. Okay, so, uh, far away. I did these on my own, apart from one of the questions. Um, so it means that I'll ask Hugh, first of all, and then if Hugh can't get it, I'll go to our expert speaker guest, Joe Blakely. So question one. This is one that Joe helped me with. What does Jerry keep uh, putting on the cars that he's selling without the permission from the buyer that he's trying to get extra money for? Uh, it's some sort of lacquer. Mm. yeah it's like a sea- Good word it's like a sealant
1: lacquer or something like that.
0: Sealant, yeah, also. Do you know the brand name? No, to hell. <laughs> Joe, you know the brand name. It's called Truco, but yeah, give I'd give Hugh the point there. Give him the point. points. Points points for everyone. Yeah. Number two, what is Jerry's yes! father in law's name? <laughs> oh I can't remember. Is it Don? I think, no. I think Joe might have written this question actually. Is it
1: Oh, and yeah, I wrote
0: the question. But I wrote the answer. Do I know the answer? Weird, weird, Wade, Wade.
2: Wade. Gustafson.
0: That's right. Would yeah, yeah. I love Wood. all the Norwegian
2: Wade. Swedish names in this film as well. It's like funny, isn't it? and yeah.
0: Gustafson. Yeah, it's that. Kind of... Makes um, sense. They all tricky. live there. <laughs> it certainly does. <laughs> Trickier one. Question three: How many times does Geir Grimsrud, the you know the the blonde yep. guy, um, shoot the lady in the car? According to twice. Um, no. according Ooh. to Marge's sort of observations.
2: Well, is it twice, once, or twice? Oh, I can't. I'm not sure.
0: I'll let you have the casting vote.
2: Once,
1: yeah, um, she's got a she's got a bullet wound in her hand and the her head, head. Yeah, that's yeah, a it's defensive
0: wound. Very good. Yeah. One I very good and yeah she puts her hands to her head didn't she to test it sorry I, th- I thought um, that was a trick question I was like
2: "If I did I miss watch that film
0: it <laughs> was a bit of a trick question actually yeah. so I, w- I would accept either once or twice because you're right it, it's a hand and the head that's a defense. but the would. question was how so, many times
2: did he shoot and the is once so I suppose I got it wrong because
0: I was- kind of edward twice he sort of said once or twice I mean she's got two wounds but yeah <laughs> that wasn't anyway. the question though was it? it wasn't how many wounds no how many times no you got it be. wrong I'll, it's fine I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, dig you that hole uh, number four how much money does Jerry borrow from GMAC GMAC uh, th- is it 370,000 oh you're sort of conflating a couple of things there you're not far off Joe do you want to step in here and help the little lady $320,000? $320, $320,000. Oh, As a bonus question off. that I've not ran down, how much is the lot? How much does he want to borrow from uh, Oh,
2: Mead it's about a quarter of a million, isn't it? It's so
0: $750,000. 3 quarters of a million, yeah indeed, yeah, indeed. Sorry, not quarter of a million, three quarters, even. <laughs> <laughs> um question 5 so norm marge's husband is norm! Pl- <laughs> norm he's into a, you know an art uh, competition what value stamps does he get his artwork on the 3 cent stamp nice well done well done I no, love that exchange where he goes it's great it's oh so nobody lovely, uses three
2: cents anymore yeah but people put it on when they need to get the value up <laughs> yeah <laughs> when but, uh, they
1: put the stamps
0: up they always need
1: the little stamps so <laughs>
0: I've never I've never related to a character more than Norm <laughs> <laughs> just that, that just that coziness of a relationship where you just you're sort of nicely codependent yeah there's but she's stronger than you are it's lovely
1: yeah there's no no yeah it's yeah. just a lovely relationship it's
0: yeah. lovely they're always either eating or in bed I love it that <laughs> seems great
2: because she's not telling him about the, the horrific murderers she arrested yeah. she's
0: just she's talking just gets about back in his bed day. and he's there <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's just nice that that's like a sanctuary isn't it and yeah I, re- I really relate to that I really highly um, question six what does Scotty have on his bedroom door what poster does he have on his bedroom door I think you probably wrote down what he had on his bedroom door it's quite prominent oh <sighs> Um No, I don't know. Yeah, do you know? is it oh it's the um... it's a ridiculous musical act oh
1: did it say accordion king (laughs) yeah it's the The accordion accordion king in (laughs) a
0: teenage boy's bedroom door (laughs) (laughs) I really thought it was going to be like you know whoever I don't know it would be Nirvana back then would it maybe it was Swedish
1: (laughs) heritage I don't know (laughs) accordion king
0: Uh, it's just so lovely and parochial I love (laughs) it and finally question seven Um, how much does Carl have to pay for parking even though he didn't fucking for more than a minute. Four dollars. Four dollars, well done. I think that gives you some well sort done. of authority. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think, that, I think you got at least five or six there. That's pretty good out of seven. Um, here's the impossible question. and that's, It's really a trivia question. So I'll take a, a close guess. How many lines of dialogue does Gair Grimsrud have in the entire film? So... Steve Buscemi's character has 150 lines, how many lines does he have? So because... I enjoyed this film so much I couldn't help but read the IMDb trivia as you did oh fuck well then don't say it sure you might have also read it
1: oh I didn't no
0: this is something I've noticed about IMDb trivia you can do hours and hours of research and then you look at the trivia page and like oh somebody else has done this research before I should have just read this fucking uh, trivia page and it's all sorted it's where I always go first whenever I whenever I recommend a film I think we should set a rule if you're being recommended a film you're not allowed to look there I know I usually
2: (laughs) wouldn't but I just couldn't help myself with this film it was just so good I will
0: take that as a compliment I think I
1: skipped over the trivia but I think I heard you say earlier
0: Mm. is it 12? 18 lines oh yeah 18 it's about the same as Arnold Schwarzenegger in the first Terminator film I think he had about 20 lines
1: (laughs) I was uh, the first and uh, yeah Sorry, carry on. <laughs> uh,
0: yes, yeah, so eighteen lines, and he never ever says two sentences in a row, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is brilliant. So that is the quiz, Hugh. You did fantastically well there, um, and I'm really happy that you love this film that we recommended. So well done to you. Thank you, and Margaret, well done to Joe. Um, it leads us to next week. So, so listener, we've had a, we've had a you know a couple of episodes here. We've had a two week. Um, sort of intermission break between I think I'm happy to get back to the one week uh, releases because I just yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited to get, I'm about getting more more episodes in our belt. So Hugh, what are we going to be watching next week? So
2: next week we're going to stick with the uh, the dark comedy theme. I think we've we're running up here in March, and we're going to do the 2017 Armando Anucci made film, The Death of Starling, starring an all star ensemble cast. Uh, you've got Michael Palin, you've got Steve Buscemi again, you've got. Um, Oh, Jason Isaacs, you Simon got, Russell Beale, Simon is. Russell Beale, yeah. You've got so many actors. There's um, another uh, actor I'm forgetting. Is it Jeffrey Tambor? Yep, yeah, Jeffrey Could Tambor. Be.
0: Be. Yeah. There's so many good actors in it. Sam, do you know anything about this film? I really don't. I'm a big fan of Amanda Iannucci and um, he was great in a recent uh, debate sort of talk about satire and comedy. He'd love thick of it. Look at you know, love his shows. I don't really know anything about it I remember when he was doing the promo for it talking about how Stalin died basically because everybody was scared to go in and and, uh, disturb him even though he was having a stroke or a heart attack or something like that Uh, I really don't know anything about it and if it's genuinely about Stalin which I think it is I know even less you know he's killed 60 million people are responsible for that you know Tens of millions of deaths. I don't really know anything about Stalin other than he was a fitty when he was young. Oh God, he was a <laughs> heartbreaking when he was young. Um, I've actually got so, the uh, yeah.
2: book that uh, Simon Monty Fiore uh, Seabag wrote, where it's called Young Stalin, and there's a picture of him on the front, and he's a
0: he's a dish, oh, isn't he? He's a heartbreaker. Yeah, who knew he, he, was he was such a
2: course. crazy militant murderer for his family? sometimes think this. And other people. I sometimes think this, <laughs> <and other laughs> I I sometimes think this about like
0: fifty or sixty year old men who uh, who, were, uh, who have lost their looks. But they've got this charm and this, good, and this um, confidence. I think, God, where did you get all your charm and confidence from? You look at them when they're 20 and you go, oh, I see why you're an arrogant, <laughs> confident prick. <laughs> Fucking hell. My favourite people are the
2: ones with <laughs> the confidence who looked like death when they were kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and they're just like, hey, yeah. look at me, I respect life. that. I do I respect do. that. I, think that's more, I respect that more.
0: <laughs> Sometimes if I'm feeling a bit shy, I think, why don't I just act as though I was the absolute mutts and nuts when I was 22? You know, like, <laughs> as though I was a really good looker, and then somehow Yorkies came along and I lost my looks or something like that, or sausage rolls or something. <laughs> I just think maybe I should act more like that. There you like, go. Secret um, to success. Like James Brolin. James Brolin, really, really handsome for an 80-year-old man, but fuck me, he was a 50-30. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God. So he's just got this confidence and this bravado and charisma that I really aspire to, so... What to murder millions of people. Okay. That's the one. Oh, sorry, James uh, Joe, Brolin, not Joseph next, Stalin.
2: Uh... Just checking. <laughs> yeah. Right. What should I go for next week, Joe?
1: Um, well, next week, um, I, I'm really looking forward to hearing that episode. Yeah? I've never heard of this film. I love it. Armando Yannouchi. You'd like it, Joe.
0: And... Um, his, his show was great, wasn't it? The Amandou Manduinić show. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Bro.
1: And think of it, and um, and some. Partridge. I'm really glad that you found the forum finally to express your homosexuality. It's <laughs> um,
0: long time coming. Yeah, yeah,
1: I mean, we've we've had long long talks in private. Finally, you
0: get it yeah. out there. And I mean, pansexuality. Let's yeah. face it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. specifically? Dictators specifically. Yeah, <laughs> dead. Dictators. Paul Pott's <laughs> sexuality. Paul Pot. keep him away <laughs> from pictures of Mousy Dong. <laughs> <laughs> got a thing for Hitler and Mussolini and Franco. Or are you just that left-wing
2: murderers? I've got a Yeah, my type is... Haven't we all? <laughs> sitting there going, Lenin, you lover.
0: <laughs> Blondes, brunettes, communist, fascists. That's the big debate. <laughs> the axis of gorgeousness. <laughs> <laughs> that
2: power, megalomania power trip. <laughs> right well I think this so has Hugh, been long
0: enough they, yeah I think so if the listener wants to get in touch and tell us about their sort of axis of gorgeousness um, how would they do that Hugh Dempsey so what they need to do is they need
2: to go to Minnesota they need to go to the that town means. of Fargo in North Dakota yeah uh, what they, they, are. they need to do is become a they need to go to Minnesota and then go to North Dakota they Straight do yes yeah. they have to go f- via that route if they don't go via that route and there's no evidence of that on the email that they send to us then I'm not going <laughs> to respond to it just okay. t- we'll look at, the stamps. T- not- we'll t- look at t- the stamps yeah we'll make sure that they're the 29 cent stamp and the 3 cent stamp um, <laughs> yeah so they need to do that they then need to get a job as a used car salesman or a car salesman maybe new car or old car that, that bit's irrelevant I'm, I'm gonna, sell you know some what? fucking cars that's the main part of it yeah and what they need to then do is they used to need to use the email system of that company so I need to see the, the, the footer at the bottom proving that you're a used car salesman so I can then google it to verify that that's what you are and then yeah if they want to email and talk about this week's episode or any other episode they're more than welcome to do that but without that footer if they've got, got any used cars to
0: sell employment I, um, I've got my driving test next month so if they do have used cars preferably five door uh, also get in touch <laughs> okay <laughs> <That's just laughs> dad to dad.
2: if yeah if you uh, got a car you want to sell you want a five door is it uh, MV, MPV or yes. your saloon or you're looking for a hatchback what do you have to say uh,
0: just uh, one engine
2: five doors yeah the, th- what what, so you're saying you want to have a hybrid then you uh, one engine, one engine. That's,
0: uh, yeah just one engine yeah. uh, four wheels <laughs> so, right it's one windscreen so if or so, you Ryan, reliant
2: yeah. Robert, Robin owners out there no uh yeah. Don't be getting in touch with him. Yeah,
0: because that's got five dollars, you dickhead. <laughs> um, if they were to acquire an email address of their own, how would they contact us? I have no idea. Without them being employed, mate, couldn't tell you. Fair. Um, so
2: if they do happen to come across. Another, their own email I handle. Them. I mean, God knows how yeah. they do that. <laughs> um, but they can contact us at please at gmail com. I'll repeat that one more time, just in case you didn't <clears> hear <throat> it. It's please dot pod at gmail dot com. Yeah. Ooh, oh, yeah, oh yeah, Sam, where else can they get in touch with us if they <sighs> feel the necessity oh, to reach out via non-email means? You know, if they can't get that job at, in a North Dakota um, <laughs> Oh sorry, a Minneapolis a market. Um, Yeah, yeah, Minneapolis, awesome. in North
0: Yeah, across the border um, They could get in touch with us on Twitter I think that would be the primary way to do that You know, we've literally got hundreds of followers now um, We are on Twitter at PleaseWatchPod we're also available on Facebook at Please Watch Pod. If you want to, want to get in touch with Joe, you can't, all right? <laughs> You've got to go through us. Yeah? yeah. I'm protecting him. Or oh, his name is Joe Blakely. Look it up. Yeah. It's not protected, is it? There's no privacy in it.
1: No, no. If you want to contact me, it's uh O seven five Number 14, Spensley. <laughs> um, so, yeah.
0: Good. Well, Joe, uh, thank you so much Thanks for Thanks for coming on, on again, you Joe. Know, third appearance, and we look forward to many, many more appearances.
1: You're welcome. Good. It's great to have finally come back
0: again.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's great to finally ASAP. be back again for the third time in three months. We'll action that
0: going forward. I think as an email, ASAP, yeah. ASAP, we'll sort it right out. Yeah, as, long as, you
2: just hope, yes. as long as you promise not to burn the whole place down to the ground. <laughs> Ideally.
0: Ideally, all yeah. right, lovelies, and
1: uh, new year, happy New Year, happy New yeah, Year, happy year and a pleasant Kwanzaa. <laughs> all
0: right, <laughs> have a wonderful week, guys. We'll see you all next week. We love you. Take care, everyone. Yeah, bye. bye.